Rises here in New York City and certainly will be around the country, but the sun last night, the sun's last night, up now 2-0 in their series, and what a, what a finish, what a finish to that game, what a finish to that game, and we were talking about Devin Booker, Key, in the, after game one with the 40-point triple-double, and it became that, okay, you know, all, all the different comparisons, Stephen A talking about Kobe, and waiting to see, well, all right, what does he do next? <laughs> Well, what he does next, he doesn't have a great game shooting-wise, but on that final play, for him, with the busted-up nose, blood on his face and all that stuff, setting a screen on a big on Zubac to allow Aiton to get open, just to make that play. There are times where coaches will watch any sport, and when you see a play run to perfection, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's nirvana for any coach. No matter what sport you're in, if you watch that play as a coach – you drew it up, it worked. That's what it, you're looking for. To perfection. For. The yeah. pass had to be perfect. The execution, the decoys, all of it. An amazing finish to a game. And now the Suns are two games away from the NBA Finals with Chris Paul still waiting to arrive to well, join them. You, you mentioned Booker, the screen, but knocking down the shot with about 30 seconds to go to go ahead, that was big too. Yeah. I mean, that, that and then it forced, obviously, Paul George and and the rest of them to try to get going. When you look at the screen, if I'm Zubox though, I'm running through him at that point. Run him over, make him call a foul. Yeah, if you go, you might as well just run through him. You just kind of stood there. He got held up. Yeah, go ahead and just run through him. Yeah, either call a foul or he won't be playing in Game Three because you (laughs) you're never going to recover and get back to Aiden. Because at that point, you're out of position. But that pass also had to be perfect, and that was a tough thing for Jay Crowder to throw that pass. And think about it from a football perspective. Well, the perspective. only thing it's going to do is hit the backboard or hit the, or hit the front of the rim. Could have hit the side of the backboard, the side of the backboard. or it could have missed him right the other no, way. No, I wasn't going to aim too tall, though. I mean, that's a footer that could go up and get it. So when you that big going up and getting it, as long as it's around the rim area, yeah. he's going to get it. The worst thing that could have happened, the side of the backboard right. or the front of the rim. But even I think even if it would have probably been close to the front of the rim, Aiden probably could have got it. That still had to be No, it had to be like So much had to happen perfect. That's why I said, like, if you're a coach and you were watching that play, or even if you watch it back now, no matter what sport you coach, that's the nirvana. For a coach like that, everything worked out perfectly. And it wasn't even out of a timeout. It was out of review. But you had time, Monty Williams did, to put that together. And, again, that's also a a, a part of the conversation from last night as well, is that (laughs) as – Compelling as that finish was on many levels in a game that was incredibly pivotal in the Western Conference Finals, there were a lot of delays because of review. There was the one deflection, went out of bounds. You want to make sure you get that one right for possession. There were several – even even off the missed three-pointer that so led to a, that pass a 15, has a review and see. 15-minute delays total in the game. So what? You, you see this in your more, sport as well where there's review, there was review. I found it. See, there's people complaining about it. I found it to be a. Let's get it right. Got to get it right. B. It only to me added, like, did it add Intrigue, to, to the drama? Drama. Yeah. The, the the kind of like the intensity of okay, what's going to be the call and what do you do next? And there's instead of it happening so quickly that like now next play, next play, and then you look back and go, oh, they screw that up. They screw that up. No, get it right. I feel like that's the most important part. But even get even, it right. Even when they get it right, it's still going to be wrong to others though. Always. Right? I mean, it's just. The nature Always. of it, the, the refs try and do the best they could do, and then all of a sudden it's still the wrong 
outcome, especially for the opposing teams and fans. If it's you, though, don't you want it? Like, if you're on the in the field, don't you want that call to be right? Like, take as much time as you need. Just get it right. Don't you want that as a player? Wouldn't you want to make sure they get it right instead I of hurry up, hurry up, let's get back to it? I typically, as a player, knew that it would either be right or wrong based <laughs> on what I knew happened. Like, I know, okay, I didn't really catch that ball. Or, okay, he really did this. I, I know, and I'm sitting there. I've told my coaches many times, no, no, just keep the flag. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do review it. that. Yeah. I don't care what they tell you upstairs. I didn't catch it. Okay. Or, yeah, go right ahead. I remember playing against the Cleveland Browns and Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell was coaching the Cleveland Browns, and I made a catch on the sideline that was, like, ridiculous. And I told Romeo, man, you better put that flag in your back pocket. Don't listen to your people upstairs. <laughs> and he threw the flag anyway. I said, I told you. <laughs> I told you. I ain't going to lie to you. So you know as a player, you really do know what it is that you did wrong or right. You, you just may not give it off a certain way. Right. But, but you know. But you know. Oh, man, you like, know. Like everybody knows who touched the ball last. But you later, know. Again, fighting over the ball. That's you know why, you hit it last. That's why a guy's always like. But we still go this way, this way. That's why they're always like, dude, I, yeah. what are you doing? And when they get over animated, you know. He's probably right. The refs are probably wrong, but he can't get the refs to go and review it. It's too late. Yeah, but in this case, it, it's always up to the officials, especially late, and you want to get it right in this game. That's why I'm surprised Jeff Van Gundy, a coach, you would think a coach, I want you to get this right. I want it right. Is it possession? Is it not possession? Because I need to know what to do next. Plus, the review with no timeouts allows you to buy some time to get your players organized. But listen to Jeff Van Gundy. By the way, before I even get to this, I do need to shout this out. Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy. Fantastic in the last two minutes of that game. I'm telling you, like, again, broadcasting 101. Like, they were fantastic. Even with, with Mike Breen with the call on the eight and slam, makes the call with the great energy he always does, and then lays out and lets the two analysts do, do what they do and let them talk about what next and what happened and all that stuff. And I just thought it was a fantastic call. But So Jeff is on with Scott Van Pelt. And this was great because Jeff was miserable. He can't stand the reviews. Took too long. Why? And it's He's just, it, it's hilarious though. I thought, why wouldn't you want it to be? I want it right as the coach. But Jeff just wants but it. Look, can not, we just get to the game and stop? he's not drawing up the play either. It's not his team. Maybe. It's not his team. So, so, so you're saying he, from, from a, a viewer perspective. Yes. All right. Well, listen to this exchange he had with Scott Van Pelt uh, about one benefit that the Suns got off of review. That never would have been able to happen without that, um, like you guys want to say, such a great review. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a great review. I thought it was appropriate. No, no, I no, felt- no. You guys, like, let's just stay here till midnight and, like, review every play. Why where is it you going to the last go, two man? minutes we want where, to get him where, you, where You want to go over and get it to, to, what is it, talking stick? They don't even have credit there. You can't get a marker <laughs> to play cards in that place, man. Like, get it right. It's too important not to get it right. See, if Jeff was the coach. He'd be all for the review. Because he he's got ju- that extra time. Yo, yeah. absolutely. If he was a coach, he'd be the review. He'd draw up the play. He's the hero. He's not coaching. He's not coaching. So he's just watching. and by- He's watching. Well, that's why I need to know. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If that was his Knicks teams or his, or his Houston Rockets, team, yeah. Jeff would be like, yeah, get it right. I mean, that's what I feel. <laughs> but how do you feel as the viewer? Again, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Was it too much review? Because it wasn't just that play. It wasn't just off the missed three that led to the inbounds pass for the, the game-winning 
basket. Look, dude. It wasn't that. It was there were reviews before that as well. What did it, Alan Yates? What was it? How, how much time did it take for the last? What, what Yates said this before the show. It was like the last ninety seconds of the game took twenty minutes or something like That's that fine. because of all the reviews. It took like thirty-three real-time minutes, which is absurd. Yeah, thirty-three real-time minutes it, it, for the last ninety seconds of the game. Ninety seconds, thirty-three That's real-time fine. minutes. That's a bad. I got thirty job. more minutes to wait. I I, 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 I want you to, you to get, get it right. right. I need you to get it right. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot at stake. A playoff game, obviously, a Western Conference, a two-zero versus one-one, critical. Just imagine, and, and it's a different sport, different in different situation, totally. Just imagine if the refs would have just went underneath the the hood for the Rams New Orleans Saints play. Just yeah. just because they just oh you know what we're going underneath the hood because yeah. we need to get that yeah. right. Yeah. Even though history would have changed. Even though. I have no idea how he missed that call, but nobody knows. <laughs> there had to be other officials that looked at him going, Did you, the, what? I, I still, to this day, and I know we got to get out of here and get to, to break, but to this day, I don't understand how your eyes, your eyes, as an, everybody on the field, doesn't follow the ball. I, it, the first thing you do, I don't give a damn who you are, your eyes go where the ball goes. And if the ball is traveling and you're here, you look there. Yeah. That's just what you do. It's natural. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to be – each official is supposed it to be watching an doesn't, area. doesn't matter. I'm down on that end. Mm-hmm. I am the back judge. I'm right there. See, that I'm watching. One, that one is the one that's the most egregious. But, like, again, last night to watch, you know, the ball deflect off of three hands and go out of bounds, you need to see that in slow motion. Yeah, because you don't know sure. which hands are touching which. So, again, which. was it too much review – or was it get it right? 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. A lot to get to today, of course. Jay will join us in the 7 o'clock hour, get his take on things as he is in Phoenix with NBA <laughs> Countdown as well. More on this game, including why the series is not the uh, 0-2 haunting the Clippers this morning. That's not the only thing haunting the Clippers this morning. That's after Key has this from Straight Talk. It's time for some Straight Talk. We've all been there. You have some real work to do. But the free Wi-Fi where you're working isn't going to cut it. It's like leaving the winning runner stranded on third base. That's not good either. Well, now you can be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month, all on America's largest and most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Compatible device requires CStraightTalk.com. Credit to Jay. We were trying to get a lob for D.A., and he had the awareness to just put it up there where D.A. could only get it. Anytime you can come out with a win in the playoffs, especially in a close one like that, I think it's big for your momentum. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. You gotta get the job done. Let's put one together right here. Crowder throws it up. Give me the fire, give me the fire, light up the matches. And Booker's gonna go back to the locker room. Devin Booker drills it. Paul George misses a pair, and the Suns with a chance to win it. The eight. If he throws it, you gotta like try to dunk it. Crowder looking, throws it alley. Oh! Eight puts it down! He puts it down! Suns win game two! Jay made a great pass. You know, I just finished. Enjoying the win tonight and getting ready for LA. Tell him. DeAndre Ayton, he kept telling me, he said, DeAndre Ayton, he kept telling me, he said, man, he coming. And I'm like, nah, Jay. He like, DeAndre Ayton is coming, Key. I know what I'm looking at. He kept, I swear to you, he told me this. He's had a hell of a run weeks. in the playoffs. He just said, he kept saying, you don't hear nobody talking about the Suns picked the wrong guy. You don't hear people saying the Suns picked the wrong guy. He went and number I, one overall, and it took him a minute. As for bigs, I, again, you could say that about you all don't bigs. Hear, you don't hear people saying the Suns picked the wrong guy. You know how that goes. It's like, of course. Well, we should try to trade him. We should. You don't hear that. And he continues to keep getting better, yeah. which is wild. Well, what helps is you get a guy like Chris Paul to come in. And he can, I mean, look what he did with, you know, DeAndre Jordan, what he made, what DeAndre Jordan turned into in, you know, in L.A. It's just like little things like that, that a great guard can get the most out of a promising young big who is willing also to learn. And you, you listen to what DeAndre Ayton talks about when you hear him interviewed. Tremendous team player. Will put in the work. Will watch film. You know, execute plays, all that stuff. You get that. And you mold it, it becomes something special, him, and that's what he's I becoming. I saw him his freshman year at Arizona because mm-hmm. my son was going to U of A at the time, and right. we went to the Arizona game. And and uh, George Sedano, who was working with me, was was telling me about you know he kept telling me about Luca and all these other players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, that's the best player coming out right there. I don't give a damn what you tell me. The way that dude was playing at Arizona, I was like, no, there, there's no way. Think about it. Luca went third in that draft. Bagley, Martin, Marvin mm-hmm. Bagley mm-hmm. went second. Aiton went first. And then Trey Young didn't go until fifth. And obviously they were traded for each other. But that's a, that was a really good draft when you look at all the different players in that draft. But on the Clippers side of things in this game, and Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. I'll guess join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Jay's going to join us in the 7 o'clock hour. Wake up, Jay. Paul George. You know, as we talk about the great play to finish the game, Paul George missed two free throws that would have made that alley oop. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't. You wouldn't have needed an alley oop. You would have needed a three, and you couldn't have gotten off. Like you would have barely been able to get off a three pointer with eight tenths of what it was eight or nine tenths of a second left, whatever it was left. Nine tenths, and so Paul George, all he had to do was hit two free throws, and he missed two of them in in critical um, moment. Mm. And if you think about it, when you say, "Well, he's not clutch." 
you know, it's is that playoff it P happens, or is it, you man. know, way off P? The but, second one I think he tried to miss, right? Did he? Did he try to miss the second one? It looked Why? really he had, hard. He had the lead. Why was I he know, trying to miss but that? it looked hard. He just missed them. <laughs> now, now, Elias Sports Bureau had this stat. This is amazing. Entering Tuesday's game two, Paul George went 0 for 2 from the free throw line, like missed both just once this season. He never just he never came away empty at the free throw line. Just once, and that was back in February. And he was 2 for 2 104 times during the season. So the odds were like the, the odds of him missing both. Far. The odds of his which just, yeah. it just wasn't going to happen. It just it 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 happens, man. Sometimes you know, you say that guy never misses. He never misses the field goal. In the moment that you say it, guy misses. Well, that's, you're talking about the broadcaster jinx? Yeah. I don't know, but that that's still – that was a, a big moment for the Clippers, and it really it, – think about where the series is now, 0-2. Now, this is Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Paul George, after the game, well, the Clippers down 0-2. They've been here before. This team, if anything, uh, we're, we're more confident. Every series we've been down 2-0. Um, you know, we've we've handed over two wins to the other team. Um, but, you know, if I know this team correctly, um, the fight we have, um, you know, going into game three and the fight that we have to believe that, you know, we're going to change the series. Um, that's who we've been and that's who we are. And so um, I'm very confident in our group. That's Straight Talk, by the way, Straight Talk Wireless. So down 0-2, remember, they did it with uh, Dallas, and they lost both games at home, still came back and won that series. But they also had Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard, who they don't have, right. And then they obviously did the same thing to Utah, and they were able to come back and win that with series. With Kawhi Leonard. Now, on, on the other side of things for the Suns, Woj was reporting that there's optimism that Chris Paul, who's still in the health and safety protocols, that he could return for game three, which is Thursday. You know, they're FaceTiming him after games. How great is that? Shows you how much they, they care about him. Dave McMenamin also reporting this as well. Um, but he's not he has not yet to be cleared, but still could be back as soon as game three. I'm, I'm betting he's back. I'm so to, he's to, back. to expect the Clippers to rally again from an 0-2, that's I mean, certainly the, asking. The Suns just if he if he's coming back like, you know, as a possibility of him coming back, and let's just assume he comes back, they just got stronger. The Suns got stronger. And it, it And the Clippers it, aren't getting Kawhi back from, from as far as we know. There's no word on his availability at all. So the Suns will get stronger. The Clippers will just stay who they are. They do go home. But, I mean, is well, home, I mean, asking them to come back again? Home for the Clippers is not the same as home for the Lakers. I understand. I know what you're same, saying. I understand Staples. it's the same building. You're still going to get 15,000. But it's a different type of energy. It's not the same. You don't think in a Western Conference Finals. It's not the same. The Clippers just, won't get a raucous crowd at Staples. No, it's not the same. Really? It's just not the same energy. You know, Phoenix, I don't think that that, I don't think that, that will shake Phoenix at all. I don't think that they would look at that and be like, oh, my God, we're in a hostile environment. Yeah, you'll have a, you can have sold-out stadiums and arenas, and the environment, Allen, is not hostile. It's just a... Crowded stadium. It's just, it's just noisy. Yeah, it's just noisy. All right, again, that's straight talk. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What was that? What did you screw up? I just see your face. I, I just, it's, been a, it's been a day, man. It's been a day. I'm on vacation already. Let's go to the calls here on the reviews. There were a lot of reviews. Um, over like a half hour to play the last, 30, last 90 seconds of the game, but... He and I both agree. Get it right. But not everybody agrees. Jeff Van Gundy didn't like it. Scott in Indiana, what did you think? Yeah, I would say uh, 
a couple of things. First off, way, way, way too much time spent on review. It's important to get it right, but the reality is it messes up the pace of play. It erodes the quality of the product, and it's just flat boring for people that have already. Was spent it though, Scott? Did, watching, did it uh, did it impact? Did it hurt the ending of that game? Did it make it boring? I, I thought in this case it made it more compelling, man. <laughs> like it made it more compelling because you're like, what's going to happen? What, what's going to? I mean, what do you do next? You think about strategy, all that stuff. Like the the suspense of the call of the decision of what happens next, the impact on the game. Well, if you don't get it right then the conversation is they got it wrong. This is why. Yeah. It, so you might as well just take that little extra time and make sure that you see exactly what it is that you think you see. Just make sure. that it, it's nothing wrong with that. It slows things down. Yes, the momentum may change, but that's not the referee's fault. They, if you're asking them. Their fault is if they get it wrong, if they speed yes, through the process but you're asking them to do a job. So they want to make sure they're doing their job efficiently. And that's how that's, they certainly have to do All right, we'll get more calls on this coming up again, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But coming up, it would be a disappointment if the Clippers don't win a title this year, of course. But another L.A. team is facing a championship or bust expectation as well. We'll tell you who after Key has this from Goodyear. Goodyear knows when the playoffs heat up, so do the possibilities. The underdogs begin to emerge, and the top seeds are solidifying their position. From here on out, every game – is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to build up to that special moment. But it takes everything to capture it. Good year, more driven. Everybody says, man, you just seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. I said, you're damn right I am. Matthew Stafford is under the most pressure this year of any player. I think he's in a good mood because now he's got a quarterback who can deliver on the promise of that offense. Brought to you by Skechers. Skechers. Comfort included. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Looking, looking, lobs it up top. It goes in. Does it count? Aiden, miraculously. It, it hasn't been put on the board yet. It hasn't been put on the board. Phoenix, though, will get the win. And radio, as the Suns take a 2-0 lead in the Western Conference Finals in dramatic fashion with a game-winning alley-oop. In the final second, DeAndre Ayton, who had 24 points, had the alley, finished the alley-oop pass from Jay Crowder with nine-tenths of a second left in the game. Ayton also had 14 rebounds. For the Suns, that makes nine straight wins in the postseason, longest in team playoff history. In the East, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight, 8.30 Eastern, with the Hawks taking on the Bucks. 
Fifth time these teams have met in the NBA playoffs. Each have won the series twice before. Juan DeFranco collects a double and a home run in a highly anticipated Major League Baseball debut with the Rays, the fifth youngest player to homer in his Major League debut since 2000. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's ultimate unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month, all on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise, compatible device required. See straighttalk.com. Everybody says, man, you just seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. I said, you're damn right I am. I think he's in a good mood because now he's got a quarterback who can deliver on the promise of that offense. This is the point where we start talking about teams that are going to be in competition with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you can squarely center your eyes on the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford is under the most pressure this year of any player. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn in for Zubin. Jay's going to join us in the 7 o'clock hour. He is in Phoenix with the Western Conference Finals. Is he up? Probably up. He's got to be setting up right. Get himself, you know, get the sleepy voice out. He's only got a half hour, so I'm sure he's up watching. Hi, Jay. Well, if you got to get a sleepy voice out, he should have been up at 5 o'clock doing that. <laughs> nah, you little gargle, you're good. No, you got to get at least an hour How and a half in to get it all out. Get some push-ups in, get the face, blood all that. Yeah. <laughs> puffy face. What are, like, we heard a little bit of it in the rejoin, but Sean McVay just continues to gush about his new quarterback. As much as the first time around when he did it, and then he said, I had nothing to do with Jared Goff. Sure, it didn't. But now talking about how he's watched him a little bit now in the workouts and, boy, he's better than advertised, setting up for, you know, again, the expectations just continue to ratchet up. So the question, of course, is about the Rams and the expectations for them with Stafford there. And I found it interesting that when you talk about pressure and who has the most pressure when it comes to teams in you know, the NFL or players in the NFL, Damian Woody was on with us yesterday, and he said it was Stafford. Matthew Stafford is under the most pressure this year of any player. I mean, think about it, Key. This is a guy, quite honestly, that hasn't won anything in the National Football League. He's put up stats. There's no question about that. But he hasn't won anything in the National Football League. And for the Rams to jettison the guy that took them to the Super Bowl, and they've had some success with, and with, with Jerry Goff at the helm, and they gave, up a, they gave up a bounty. They gave up a pretty penny to bring over Matthew Stafford. With that roster that they have, it's, it's Super Bowl or bust. There are no more excuses for Matthew Stafford, for Sean McVay, for Les Snead. There's no excuses now. It's Super Bowl or bust out there in L.A. Do you agree that it's Super Bowl or bust for the Rams? I, I think it is Super Bowl or bust, but the pressure on Matthew Stafford is only pressure internally for himself. Okay. The pressure for the Rams falls on Sean McVay. I agree. I don't even necessarily know that the pressure falls on Les Snead because Sean McVay was, was, was so elated about being able to get this job several years ago and – He's going to turn Jared Goff around, and oh, my God, Jared Goff goes to Pro Bowls, and he then takes him to the Super Bowl, and he's had some success in winning the division, all those things. And then the honeymoon period kind of fell apart, and they didn't take any honeymoons together anymore. Mm -mm. And then it became – Right after the contract. It became your problem, not mine. Well, it became this guy. Yeah, Yeah, that means your problem. I can't work with this guy. Not mine. I'm the coach. I'm doing everything I can. You're holding us back. And and because Sean has basically 
said that Jared Goff was the reason we couldn't advance further. And now he goes out there like Damon Woody says, and he decides that he wants to, uh, along with Les Snead, to go out and get a Matthew Stafford who they think can run their offense, which, by the way, was running pretty good, at least from my eyes and what I've seen in the past. Now, I don't know all the little details of where he should have thrown the ball versus where he didn't throw the ball or, or you know, if he was supposed to hand it off this way and didn't do it that way. Or, well, there was a lot of run checks and de- boiled over so last year. I don't lot. know all that, but my eyes tell me he did a pretty decent job with the Rams, and then you get rid of him, you give up all the draft capital in the world to go get a guy that you think is the answer based on what he was able to do and not do in Detroit. He was able to throw for a million yards. You're going to throw for a million yards when you're losing all the damn time. Let's be honest. You're behind all the time, so you're going to throw for a lot of yards. But people forget that Matthew Stafford was once upon a time a pick machine itself. He'll give the other team the ball. There's no question about it. All they got to do is catch it. So you got rid of a guy who's a turnover machine for another guy who essentially is a turnover machine. But Stafford never had a complete roster like this. He, I, I'm, he's so never ti- had... I'm, I'm, I'm tired of that, though, man. Yeah. I'm tired of people saying somebody didn't have a complete roster. So you go through, he's your, got whole, a defense you go through be... your entire whole career – and nothing was ever right for you. He played for the Detroit Lions. I, it doesn't matter. That ain't what I'm asking you. <laughs> you go through a whole career stuck with that particular team that decided to pay you a handsome ransom to, to stay there. Right. But your whole career, it was everybody else. You couldn't get those players that, mind you, were drafted for a reason because people around the league thought that those players were pretty good. So they drafted him. Well, he had good targets offensively. I mean, obviously Megatron, one of them. But you know, he had guys like you know. Yes, he's zero and three lifetime. Zero and three lifetime in the playoffs. Yes, and I Which forgot means they didn't get there. What much. was he there? What's he? Thirteen years. God, was it that long? Already? I think I think it's like thirteen years or so. However long it's been, you're zero and three lifetime. Let's be real. Twelve. Seasons? Let's not try to. It's twelve. Twelve seasons. So a twelve seasons. So I said thirteen. Okay, so I'm one shot. Okay. I can't believe it's been that long. You, 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 12 years. 12 years. You don't say that about other people that sit in places for 12 years. If you're going to be fair about it, be fair. You, you, 0 and 3 lifetime. But you, you didn't still elevate, say, though, you did not elevate your team the way that a hundred million plus dollar quarterback should. But it's less about, but now, all right, removing that part of it. Now with the Rams, though, you're still saying that it's still less about, Stafford and more about McVay. You it's got more what you about McVay. Yeah. Now this has got to work. Yeah. You got if it doesn't. You're the next guy. Yeah. You because the honeymoon period. We we fell in love with him. Little Gruden. Oh my God! Look what he's done. Amazing. He could. What was it? He has a memory like an elephant. He could recite plays from ten years ago. Well, he had teams now trying to find the next you know thirty year old who and, could be a head coach. And, and the thing is, is it's so funny when they start selling that. Yeah. Photographic memory. He remembers everything. I'm like, man, if you ask any coach of the National Football League what play they ran on this particular day in this time and why they did it, damn near all of them can tell you. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, and I ain't a coach, hey, Key, why did y'all do this on this time? Do you remember what this play is? Yeah, I can tell you. We did it because of this. This is the reason why. This is what the coaches were thinking. And I've been out of the league 20 years. <laughs> it, but, but when you sell something – right. 
to the fans and to their peers, you become a target when you don't live up to those expectations. But what happens to Boy Wonder, genius, the greatest coach offensively, you start doing that? I got to tell people, I don't ever want you to call me. If I ever become a coach, don't call me a genius. I'll never be a coach, but that that there, that's the worst thing for a coach. Oh, he's really smart. He's such a genius. And then when that genius label starts to go away, people start to look at you and go, Well, that sets that bar. Hmm. Like anything, like any young any young player, it becomes, you know, okay, great player. Now they gotta win a championship. Same thing with a coach like this. It's it's all that stuff. It becomes all right, now win a championship. Now he gets to a Super Bowl and you feel like, all right, he got there. Now you're gonna now the next thing is to get there again and win a championship. He reaches a point though. He may never get him back. and Goff. It seemed like they were like that perfect pair. They got along great. And they then gave him a hundred plus said, what million other teams dollars. Have that? They yeah, and then they gave money. him a ton of money, they which he money. signed off on. And, and then, then it they became, and, I can't work with this guy anymore. After they gave him the big money, they doubled down, renegotiated his contract to give him more guaranteed money because they need to clear salary cap space. Then they shipped him off after doing that. Which is why for McVeigh, this is it. Because now we gave up. Not only did we well, it's not, give up a is, huge it's contract, not, this is now it. we gave up, gave up assets to get another quarterback that you say, I need this guy instead. And if this doesn't work, it won't be over. this is it. He's not going to get fired. It's just people that that shine that was on shine for the last two, two and a half, three years is going away. You know, that standing next to him and sneezing and you could get a head coaching job yeah, just standing there. A couple guys there, off his staff did. It, yep. it, that people going to be like, yeah, right, okay. You know, it just it, – it does that to Sean. And I've been knowing Sean since Sean was a, a, just a guy that worked on our team in Tampa Bay. G- good person, good everything. And I, I was one of the first people to tell Sean, whatever, when you take this job, just be yourself. Don't all of a sudden try to be something you're not mm-hmm. because the players eventually are going to see through that. You keep selling and selling and selling, and eventually when guys like Todd Gurley leave the building, they're like, well, it ain't me. Y'all need to start looking at this coach. And then you got other guys that start to say, well, it ain't me. Start looking at this coach. And everybody talks about and raves about the defense. They must understand this defense has now lost the defensive coordinator who's now the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. They lost probably about six guys on the defensive side of the ball from a year ago that are now with other teams. So it's like this defense isn't the same defense as a year ago. There's different bodies now it'll also, with a new defensive coordinator in Raheem Morris. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see also how Goff plays now in Detroit and if he. I mean, it'll be ball control well, in Detroit, I, I, maybe. But I mean, the point is, is that if he really falls off, then maybe McVay saw something. But if he, he doesn't, won't, he won't. He won't fall off. Right. He'll just be whatever he was, and then people will say he's a solid quarterback. Still worth watching though. Dan Graziano has been listening. He joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Dan, good morning. What? What are you expecting out of the Rams? I mean, is is this the you know now McVay got what he wanted? Okay, well it's got to pay off now. It's it's win or bust for him. Well, I mean, I mean to some extent it's paid off, right? I mean they've been in the playoffs a bunch. They've been in the Super Bowl. Uh, I know that organization believes in Sean McVay. There's no question about it, and and that that he's the right coach for that team. They've they've extended him since signing him and all that. But I mean, I, I can certainly understand the perspective from the outside, right, in terms of how do we define Sean McVay uh, going forward, if now you have Stafford and you feel like you have upgraded at the quarterback position, um, you know, you should be able to, to do more than you've done. Again, more than you've done, they lost the Super Bowl by 10 points. So that's, that's not that, there's not that much further to go than he did with Goff. But, yeah, I think, I think there's an expectation in that organization that 
um, you know, with Stafford, they're, they're positioned to be even better than they've been the last couple of years uh, when they've been a playoff team that hasn't been able to break through. It remains the same kind of sort of top-heavy roster, you know, with a lot invested in the stars, whereas if you had a, a bad injury break here or there, you could see it going south quickly. It also, there remain some questions about the offensive line, but, you know, it's pretty much the team he's had plus Stafford, who he thinks is better at quarterback. So, yeah, I I can understand the perspective from the outside of no more excuses. Uh, I just think that organization does believe they have the right guy. As crazy as it may sound, as crazy as it may sound, Dan, they've got to go really far to the playoffs this season and even further or else they will remain the number three football team in Los Angeles behind the Raiders and USC. It's a, <laughs> it's a fact. It is a known fact. I, I, I do think it's an interesting amount of pressure on Stafford here, right? I mean, like this is a former number one pick who's had a really good career, but it's been in Detroit. So I think people are like, Oh, it's Detroit. What are you really going to do there? I think if Stafford, delivers at a high level, then that has an effect on his legacy as part, you know, in terms of his NFL career, right? Like, and if he doesn't, then maybe you're like, well, maybe he wasn't the right guy all along. So I, I think that if you flip it a little bit and look at the player, I think it's an interesting referendum on Stafford having moved to a better situation. Dan, uh, let's stay at the NFC West. What's going on with the quarterback battle up in San Francisco if there is one between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, it was OTAs and mini camps, and they didn't even have the mini camps. So they threw everything they could at Trey Lance in the spring, see what he can handle, come back at training camp and, and figure out, you know, the plan for him. As of now, the 49ers would still tell you that they're planning to go into the season with Garoppolo as the starter. They like him. They feel like they can win with him as long as he's healthy and continue to develop Trey Lance. Once they're at the point where they feel like not, not just is Trey Lance ready to play, but is he ready to play at a level where we can win with him? That's when they make the move. So I don't know what they're going to have to see in camp, in, in a five, six-week training camp, to convince them of that. If they do, then Jimmy Garoppolo's on the market. If they don't, then he's their starter, and maybe he's on the market in October or next March. But that's, that's the situation right now in San Francisco. They want to win. Look, I mean, they went to the Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan as head coach, but every other year he's been there, they've had a losing record. So it's a big year for him, too. And I, I, he's not in a position where he's just going to turn it over to a rookie and let him take his lumps. They have to win some games, and they're in that tough division with the Rams and the Cardinals and the Seahawks. you got to stay healthy, which is the biggest issue from last year, no doubt about it. So Mike Tannenbaum was on with us yesterday, Dan, and he said something – actually, two days ago – and he said something that caught our attention because we're trying to – you know, like what you think, you hear something and you think, well, that's crazy. And then when you kind of put it in perspective, maybe it's not. He said the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC. Is, is, is that the sense? Like when you look at the NFC and there's some question marks, you got that really tough division. Obviously, we were just talking about with the 49ers and that group. But could the Cowboys be that second best team in the NFC this year with Dak Prescott coming back? Look, I don't want to be the guy come on here and try and convince you guys Mike Tannenbaum's not crazy. I mean, I, if you want to think that, that's, that's fine uh, with me. I'm not going to get in the way of it. But look, I, the, the second best team in the NFC is a tough question. Like, I, we've been talking about that. Who's, the, who's, the, who's got the best chance to unseat the Buccaneers? Because, I mean, teams don't repeat, so who's it going to be? 
I, I mean, we can say the Rams, we were just talking about them and, and what they look like. We could say the 49ers if they're healthy, but that's still a big jump from where they were last year. I don't know what the Saints are going to look like without Drew Brees at quarterback, right? I mean, we, we can imagine it, but until we see it, we don't know. Are the Packers going to have Aaron Rodgers? If Aaron Rodgers shows up, then the Packers are the second-best team in the NFC, which I think, if I, if I know Mike Tannenbaum, and I was kidding earlier, uh, I think that's probably part of what he said. But if Rodgers is not there... I think the Cowboys can score with anybody in the league. It's just a question of how fixed their defense is, and, and that's a thing we can't really know until we see it. You can have faith in Dan Quinn. You can have faith in some of the changes they made in the secondary. That defense was abominably bad last year, and, and unless it gets to middle of the pack, I don't know that they can be considered uh, a strong contender. But that offense is going to score points. Dan, I, I you know, I – I had to scratch my head the other the other day because I talked about teams that could potentially come out of the AFC. And for whatever reason, I just didn't. I missed the Indianapolis Colts because I honestly think that Carson mm. Wentz is going to be a different quarterback than what we've seen over the last year and a half in Philadelphia. What are you hearing out of Indy on Wentz's situation? Well, he's in the situation he wanted. He, you know, he wanted to be back with Frank Reich. They have an incredibly strong relationship. Uh, Reich feels like he can speak the language that Carson Wentz needs to hear in order to get him back and be a productive player. Reich also is a guy that, that really has that locker room, right? So if you're talking about a coach having to sell, hey, this is our new quarterback. Yes, he, was, he had a rough year last year, but I believe in him and here's why. I think Reich's in a position to do that and deliver that message uh, in his locker room. So everything is set up for Carson Wentz, assuming that his talent can take over and he can go back to being the player that we saw during that Eagles Super Bowl run before he got hurt. Um, it's all on him, I think. And, and if it doesn't work, then yes, that'll be a, a, a strike against Frank Reich for sure, but a significant one against Carson Wentz if he flops in a second place uh, after having kind of, you know, forced his way out of Philly and into a situation that was basically of his choosing. So I think everything you're hearing, I mean, everything you're hearing everywhere is positive <laughs> right now, right? I mean, it's the season of hope. So I, I think everything you're hearing out of Indianapolis is positive and they think it's going to work. Uh, and the main reason is that relationship between Reich and Wentz, which they've maintained since Reich left Philadelphia following that season. Uh, you know, they, they, they call each other, they talk things over, you know, he, he goes to Reich for advice, all that kind of stuff. So that, that's the reason the Colts think it can work and so far so good. Dan, thanks so much. Appreciate your time as always. All right, Dan. Turn on the lights behind you, though, My bud. pleasure. <laughs> yeah, what's, I don't understand. It's been a year and a half, lighting. and I still can't get it right. So yeah. we'll, we'll keep working on it. Let's get it. a flashlight. It always works. All right, thanks, Dan. Uh, Dan, looking like me, man, all dark and stuff. Well, he was in the shadows. I know. It wasn't but the it's typical, like... that, that TV light that they give us all to have. Speaking of which, by the way, Dan Graziano on the Goodyear Hotline. Um, there was a story in Athletic. Uh, about where was interviewing a bunch of different TV executives, including Seth Markman, our, our guy, uh, vice president of um, production oh, here yeah, at ESPN. Got to mention Seth's name. Yeah, why not? Jeez. Well, it, it's interesting because they, they they're talking about players that are playing now and coaches that now, and I'm sure you were probably recruited as well. That you look at and think it could be really good for TV. You know, once the career's over, it could be really good for TV. One of them uh, was Cam Newton. Uh, a couple of others, Richard Sherman, Larry Fitzgerald, Russell Wilson. But Cam Newton is an interesting one. Could you see Cam Newton doing TV? 
Yeah, like studio or yeah, he, if, absolutely. I mean, I, I he's more of a studio guy. Mm-hmm. I think than calling games just because of his style. Games are tougher to his, do too. It's not even tough because he knows football. Right. It's just you don't want to lose the personality by doing games. See, guys that do games don't have the per- same swag and personality as the studio guys. Because you have to be so robotic during a game because you've got a quick, you know, quick, a an- quick it's, analysis. And- it's, it's different. Yeah. And I think he would be great in studio, no question about it. Now, he's, he's going to have to change a little of his outfits around. Why? But, why? Oh, man, I can't watch that for four hours, three hours, that stuff. I'm going to watch Cam with a scarf on on TV. Because it brings a little no. extra to, this, to no, the screen. No, I'm not sitting up watching a pregame show and Cam got on a damn scarf. Around his head. You don't like if he's got a bonnet on while while talking football? What's wrong with that? It's 2022, you said yesterday. It's 2022. Too much focus (laughs) would be on that wardrobe. What about Richard Sherman? Very opinionated. Because you said it too. Like, you need to – you can't be afraid of being critical of a player. And some guys aren't comfortable doing that. What about Richard Sherman? I think Richard Sherman would be great at it. I I think he would be great at it. If he wants to do it, he's hella smart. So, I think, you know, in terms of that, you know, it's just now – how much football do you know? How much basketball do you know? How much baseball? If if it's if you want to stay in in one area, great. But nowadays, you want to try to spread your wings a little bit, and and so I would think that a guy like Richard Sherman want to be as diverse as possible in every single sport. Hmm. Stanford guy, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, look again, Larry he Fitzgerald graduated in the top four of his class. Or Larry Fitzgerald was like another that? name too. Very likable. Fitzy, Fitzy too likable. He ain't, he just not going to – guy drop a ball, Fitz, he's going to be like, well, yeah, man, you know, it's just tough to catch that ball. It, 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 it's just not his, you know? You need to have a little bit of an edge to you, right? That's why you're good at what you do. You why gotta, the Western Conference Finals may just come down to CP Game 3. That's next, KJZ, ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com.